0: Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas. Let's uh, give a round of applause to those that minister us in the Bells Ministry. <laughs> they only get to do that a couple times a year, and from someone who has no musical talent whatsoever, I can uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, what a joy it is to come this evening into Jesus in the season of Christmas. And have the opportunity to focus on a very simple, yet profound message, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, when I drew this straw this evening, uh, <laughs> the uh, happy elders have come up to me since I uh, was scheduled. And they said, uh, you know, the Christmas service is the biggest service of the year. No pressure, Tom, no pressure. You know, it's going to be a packed house, but no pressure. No pressure. And I said, well, I don't have it, but the Lord has it, because I know Jesus is going to show up. And then half the deacons came up to me. And uh, before they could even start speaking, I said, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's going to be a full house, no pressure. They said, no, keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, amen, yeah. <laughs> um, with that, so I thought, you know, where passage could I preach from this evening? Now I figured, well... A classic passage is maybe go to the gospel number two, the second gospel of Matthew. Uh, The writings of Matthew is about Jesus as king. That's why you have in chapter one the genealogy. But everyone preaches on Matthew on Christmas Eve. Or I could go to the gospel number three, the third gospel, Mark. And the writings of Mark is Jesus as servant, Mark 10, 45. He was born to die. Or I could even go to the fourth gospel, gospel number four, Luke. Luke writes, Jesus, son of man. I know. How about if I go to the fifth gospel, gospel number five, John, where Jesus is son of God, his deity. But then I said, no, I could even go all the way back to the very, very first gospel, which is the gospel of Isaiah. Now, if you don't think Isaiah is the very first gospel, you got here just in time. Uh, Because the first 39 books of Isaiah are filled with judgment, the Old Testament. The last 37 books of Isaiah is the Messiah is coming. And, of course, Christmas is the Messiah is born. But not only is the Messiah coming, he's going to be savior, sovereign to bear the cross and to wear the crown. So after praying over what the Lord would want us to hear from this evening, the Lord laid on my heart this evening not the 27 books of Isaiah, not even the 43 verses that I preached last time. I think that's why half the deacons came up to me and said, keep it short. I'm sure y'all remember the Last time I preached on the 43 verses. Um, But my message this evening is going to be six verses, and only six verses, but six amazing, profound, and very powerful verses that will change your life. So turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, we'll be in verse 15 through 20. The Apostle Paul writes to help us in his writings here to understand who this Jesus really is. Therefore, we need to be in God's word, even if it's just for a short time, a few minutes, and walk away this evening with greater understanding of just who this Jesus is. Now listen to me. Among all the passages of Scripture that we could read and study from this evening, to see the reality of just who really is this Jesus, the child of God, Christmas. None is more grand than this passage. These six verses will change your life. So before we go to the God's word, let's pray. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for so many ways of the Christmas season where we know that the birth of Jesus Christ, that he came And he was born, but he was also born to die. And Lord, I pray if anyone doesn't know the simple gospel message this evening, that this evening will be the hour of decision and that they will accept Jesus Christ into their heart. Lord, uh, be with me. Put the words in my mouth that you would have me to say. And Lord, uh, we just give you these few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Let's pick it up, Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God. Now there's a message right there. The firstborn over all creation. There's another message. For by him all things were created that were in heaven and that were on earth. There's another message. Visible and invisible. There's another message. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Another message. All things were created through him And for him, verse 17, and he is before all things, another message, and in him all things consist, another sermon, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. There's a series of sermons there. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell. Another sermon. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. Another sermon. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of, the, of his cross. You know, this is really such a profound preaching That when Neller says, "Tom, you got the con Christmas Eve," con is again code word for uh, you're in charge of it. I quickly said, "No, I'm I'm not in charge of it because I'm going to give the Word of God the con and I'm going to give Jesus the con." My very first thought was simple: kiss. Keep it super simple. now my very first point, and I know some of you all are already looking at your watch, but don't worry, I'm only going to cover a couple verses this time and a couple of points, uh, is that, let, and then I'm going to let God finish the message in your hearts. But point number one, every one of these statements that we just read from the Word of God, every one of these statements that is being made by God about Jesus is that they are all 100% exclusively, absolutely exclusive to only one and one only, and that's Jesus Christ. Number two, they are true only to Jesus, no one else, and always will be. Number three, and the sum of all of the words of the six verses that we just read, God says he is to have the first place, What place? The first place. In what? In all things. You know, this has been such a great evening already. We could probably uh, end the night and end the message right now. But quickly, let me just cover a couple insights that the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for us this evening. It's tough up here by yourself. (laughs) Here are three words we must take away this evening. The three words are no one else. No one else. Remember these three words the rest of your life. No one else sits over the thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities. Those are like the ranking of angels right there. Jesus is in the charge of all the angels all the time. Even the angels that appeared to the wise men. No one else, no one else is before all things and holds all things together. Man, I wish they would teach that in our public school system. Jesus holds all things together. If Jesus holds all things together, can he hold my life together? Well, I've been a Christian for 50 years. 50 years ago, when I was 12 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And it's been an up and down, like all of us, life in a row. But I tell you, at the end of, my, the end of 50 years, I can tell you, I'm here to testify, Jesus holds all things together if you trust in him and only in him. No one else is the image of the invisible God. No one else. You know, I'm writing a book. Remember last time I spoke, I said I was writing a book. Well, just like last time I got the title. (laughs) Because my point here is, um, no one else can be the firstborn of all creation, no one else. And in Greek, being that I was born in Athens, Greece, i got to throw in one Greek word. That also keeps the elders awake. Uh, proterikos. That is, that's a, that's a sermon right there all in itself. You could write a book on that one word. And it's about Jesus being the firstborn. Again, that's a sermon all into itself. Now, pay very close attention to this one, because I am going to go into this one a little bit deeper. No one, else can be the, no one else can be the creator of all things. What things? All things. In heaven and earth, both visible and invisible. No one else. And I could go on and on all night, and for those of you that know your Bible, I know you could go on and all, on all night about the statements of no one else about Jesus. So if you believe that Jesus, the baby in the manger, is also the creator of all things, if you truly believe that that Jesus is the Creator of all things, like we just read from God's Word, then this is going to blow your mind. This is this is going to drop the mic. I, I heard "drop the mic," so <laughs> I know I'm wearing skinny pants. So I don't know what "drop the mic" means. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Norwich Church, let me give you just a quick example. Think about the Christmas while opening presents. Think about when you're opening gifts made for you, whether it's some sort of plaque, Faith, Hope, Love you're going to put in your bathroom or some uh, heat pad that has Faith, Hope, Love on it you're going to put in your kitchen to put hot pots on. As you think of these things that are being created, that were created and made as you open the Christmas present, remember what Jesus has made. Let's look at what Jesus has made. First one is how Big did Jesus make the sun? I have no idea. I was hoping y'all would know. But uh, so I researched it. You can put 1,200,000 earths in the sun and still have room for 4,300,000 moons. The sun is inconceivably massive, 73 miles away. The nearest star, Alpha Century, is five times bigger than the sun. Now, the moon is just a hop, skip, and a jump away, just a walk in the park away. It's only 2,000... 211,436 miles away. If you traveled 48 miles a day, you could get there in 13 and a half years. I think Dennis could do 48 miles a day. He's not here, so I can say him. <laughs> so, how fast does the speed of light travel? Now, that's biblical, so hopefully you all know how fast the speed of light travels. Because the Bible says God's Jesus is going to return in a twinkling of an eye. And theologians think that that's going to be at the speed of light. So this is how fast Jesus is going to return. 186,000 miles a second. That would make the moon only about one second away. So when people say, oh, I'm going to wait till Jesus comes back before I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you're not going to have time. Because he's going to come in a blink of an eye. Mercury... It's four and a half minutes away. It's 50 million miles away. Venus is 26 million miles away, two minutes away. Mars is 34 million miles away, four minutes 21 seconds. Jupiter, 367 million miles away, 35 minutes 11 seconds. Saturn, 790 million miles away, one hour and 11 seconds. Uranus, 100 no, I'm sorry, 1,608,000 miles away. Neptune. Three billion miles away. And Pluto is still past all that. Remember when Pluto, they taught us in Pluto? Pluto was like the last planet in the galaxy or what? I missed that day they taught science. I'm, I'm a numbers person, so I'm, I'll, Jack's the science uh, elder. But um, uh, they told us that Pluto was a planet. Now they discovered Pluto's a star, it's not a planet, you know? I'm glad God never changes, you know, I'll just stick with God. But even when you get all the way to Pluto, you haven't even gotten off the front porch of what Jesus has created. One last point, the star Betelgeuse, no, I'm not making this up, okay, the star Betelgeuse is 880 quadrillion miles away. Now, who keeps all this in orbit? Who does the Bible say keeps all this together? The Jesus in the manger. That's who. Jesus keeps all this together. And if that doesn't blow your mind, this will. And again, we haven't even gotten off the, we haven't even gotten off the front porch of Jesus' creation. Beetlejuice is so huge, it is greater than the earth's orbit. And Beetlejuice is nothing more than God playing ball in his front yard. Uh, One final point from the six verses. So I want to also look at something that God laid on my heart in preparing this message. If God were a man, he would be blank. And Jesus was. And Jesus was. And Jesus was. First thing that came to my mind, and if you've been a believer for any time at all, been in the Word and um, been walking with Jesus, it would probably be the first thing that would come to your mind if you were up here preaching this message. He would be sinless, and Jesus was. Pilate, Caiaphas, Herod, Pilate again, could find nothing wrong with him. Nobody could come up with anything. If God were a man, we would all expect him to be sinless, and Jesus was, and he was. Well, then why did he die on the cross if he was sinless? Glad you asked. He died on the cross the death of a crucifixion for me and for you. He paid the penalty that I couldn't pay. And when he died on the cross and shed his blood, he offers that as a free gift of eternal life to anyone that's willing to accept him if you come to him. If God were a man he would be blank. I love this point. And, I, and again, I came up with this point because of my, my 50 years of walking with Jesus. And also now that I'm an elder teacher, missionary, because you're either a missionary or a mission field. Um, you're either a disciple or a disciplee and, and leader. And that is, uh, if God were a man, I expect him To speak and teach the most profound, greatest words ever spoken. And Jesus did. And Jesus did. Over and over and over again. Even his distractor said, we never heard a man speak like this. And every time he preached, we're absolutely astounded. Remember they said, were not our hearts on fire when we listened to his words? When's the last time your heart was on fire? when you open up God's Word and heard from God? When's the last time your heart was on fire when you were preaching Jesus, the salvation, the gospel, to someone who was lost? You know, the gospel message is so easy that any one child can understand it. And yes, our hearts need to be on fire when we're preaching it to a lost and dying world. And I know myself that even though We all have struggles throughout the day i know when i share the gospel with someone that i'm sharing it in god's love god's way and that god's given me his his words to say but no one taught like jesus taught and there was no equal and what evidence do we have of this again i go all night but let me just give you one example and that is the supernatural teaching of jesus christ we can go no further then his disciples. You know, his disciples was just common, babbling characters who had the hardest time comprehending some of the most basic issues of theology and truth because they weren't looking for a Messiah. You know, they were looking for political, military, uh, leader uh, to take over Rome. Even why, when Peter uh, cut the soldier's ear off. You know, Peter was ready to go to war, and Jesus said, put your knife away, because Peter didn't get it. None of them got it till after the resurrection, till after the bodily resurrection. And another example, Jesus changed those 12 men from not having a clue to changing the world upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he is still changing the world today for people that want to turn their hearts to Jesus, And have Jesus teach them from God's word on how to live a life that will glorify him for all eternity. So, no other man taught like Jesus. And if he was God in the flesh, he would teach like that, and Jesus did. Um, One last thing in closing, and I got to cover this, and the Lord laid on my heart to cover this. In the current culture that we live today, in what we find ourselves living in the world today as Christians, social media, news. um, I'm not on social media, you know, because, you know, some twit does a tweet on Twitter and everyone gets offended just like that. Have we ever lived in a time in our culture where people have got offended so easily? I mean, it's like if you don't stomp on an accelerator, one tenth after the light turns green, the guy behind you is honking, you know? Or people get offended so easily, because, and especially on social media, I hear so, so easily. No time in the history of the human race have so many people got offended so easily. Take a chill pill, you know? So, with that, if you remember last time I spoke, I brought up a book, and some of y'all came up to me and said, Man, I, I read that book. Thanks for bringing it up. Well. Before I bring up the book that I have for you this evening, turn with, turn with me in your Bibles to the verse where Jesus was offended. Well, let me see. Was it when he said, turn the other cheek? Is that what? No. When he said, love thy neighbor? No. What verse was it where Jesus said he was offended? Folks, Jesus died on the cross, the death of a crucifixion, and he wasn't offended. He said, forgive them, fathers, for they know not what they do. If you want to give yourself a gift for 2023, live 2023 like Jesus and never be offended no matter what someone does to you. Because why was Jesus never offended? Because he had such great love, a love like no other, that he wanted to make sure that he didn't want to offend anyone because he wanted everyone to come to him. So the book I have for you this evening, if you thought the last book was good, this book will change your life. There's really thousands and thousands of five-star reviews on this one. it's called Unoffendable. Jesus couldn't be offended because he was 100% God. Jesus couldn't be offended because of the tremendous love that he has for us. I'm going to close with this verse. And again, he was born to die. This is a verse that my pastor, David Price, did every Christmas Eve service in in my uh, home church of uh, Bowie, Maryland, Grace Baptist Church. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Let's all stand and close in prayer. Please, with every head bowed and every eye closed, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, this uh, Jesus that you're talking about, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you can say, Look, if I were to die right now, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. with every head bowed and eye, every eye closed, if you can say, I don't know where I would spend eternity, just slip your hand up to God. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or online. And if you just slipped your hand up to God, just pray this simple prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you, but just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, for the first time in my life, I, this Jesus that I heard about this evening, I want you, Jesus, to come into my heart and save me. Lord, and give me the free gift of eternal life. And Lord, I know it's not the prayer that saves me, but Jesus, I'm trusting in you and you alone. Amen. If you, With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, lift your hand up to God, whether here in the sanctuary or at home watching online. Now, lastly, to those that are believers, Lord, with the message that we just heard, may we go out, And live like Jesus to a lost and dying world. Lord, we just pray that in 2023, we live with our hearts on fire for Jesus Christ.